Welcome, everyone, to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. My guest tonight is a gentleman that I met quite a while ago at um, a book conference, one of the many book conferences I try to attend. Um, at that time, um, we just a big tall guy with a big grin on his face and I just had to talk to him um, and so Jason Pinter came into my life at a time when he was just starting his own book company but I had already had five of his books on my shelf um, let me tell you a little bit about him he is the best-selling author of Hideaway which is the first Rachel Martin novelist that's the book that is out right now on Amazon Prime and on Amazon. It's part of the First Reads program. The book doesn't officially launch until March 1st, but he's already got close to 100 five-star reviews on it, so he's doing pretty well. Um, I did not know this, but he also has a middle-grade book called Zeke Bartholomew, Super Spy, and a children's picture book called Miracle. I am thrilled to welcome back to Authors on the Air my friend Jason Pinter. Jason, welcome back to Authors on the Air, and thank you so much for coming on. I know you're busy these days. <laughs> There's always time for you. No, thank you very much. I'm glad to be back. You know, um, I haven't gotten my copy yet, so uh, I'm waiting for you to send it, and it'll be my first, I think, actually signed Jason Pinter. So, uh, but the other books are safely ensconced on my main bookshelf in my living room, and I was just flipping through them the other day and thinking, wow, you know, you've written a lot of books. Now, I didn't realize that you had your start in the writing world um, because you were an editorial and marketing person for Warner, Random, St. Martin's, and Grove Atlantic, and Mysterious Press. Um, how did that, did that always inspire you to write, or had you always wanted to write? I think I'd always wanted to write, um, and I sort of lucked out in being able to work in publishing and learn the ins and outs. I, just, I love working with books. It's the job I've held since I graduated college. Um, but, you know, there's a sort of a funny story where I was, as a college student, um, I was sort of putting together, what, you know, I think everyone's got a terrible coming-of-age story in their drawer. I certainly do. Um, sure. <laughs> and I sort of, yeah, so I sort of, I loved writing, but I knew nothing about publishing at all. Um, and so there was, you know, I went to the head of the English department at my college. And uh, I said to her, I said, like, how do you go ahead getting a book published? And she said, well, you need a literary agent. And, you know, I think I was 20, 21 years old at that point. I was like, okay, you know, actors have agents, musicians have agents. I guess, I guess authors have agents. So uh, aspiring authors and public authors are going to laugh at this. But so what I did was I sent query letters to maybe, you know, a dozen or so agents and agencies literally saying, my name is Jason Binter. I'm a college student. I'm an aspiring writer. I'd like to know if you would represent any of my future works. I, now, keep in mind, I had not actually finished anything. But I figured you just let the agent know you're intending to write things and they represent you. Uh, so needless to say, that didn't go very far. Uh, they, nobody stepped forward to represent my non-existent works. Um, but it happened that I was actually working during the summer for the Associated Press Sports Division. And I figured if I'm going to figure out how to get published, I might as well understand the industry a little bit. So I got an internship working at a literary agency who had, they had a big time sports writer as a client. And so they hired me in part to work with him on his proposal. And 
Wow. Sardalunians. I, I love working with him. I got to edit his proposal and I fell in love with the editorial process too. And uh, I, you know, managed to get myself a, a job as an editorial assistant and uh, off I went. Well, I, you know, I didn't realize that that's the road you had taken. I want to know about your writing history. Um, you knew that you wanted to write. You were in college so that you could write. Um, when did you know in, you know, in your gut, that was it, that's what you wanted to do? Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, um, you know, I, I was, I would, I was, I was not in college to write. I did not, I, I didn't go to that college with the intention uh, of writing. I don't, I don't think it was until my sophomore junior year that I really thought, you know, Hey, maybe I, I love reading. I love books. Um, maybe I can try this. Um, you know, oh. I, I would say I wrote and, you know, there's no. I always think there's one point in time because I think writing is sort of, unless you're Stephen King or James Patterson, you sort of, you know, you could, you know, write, uh, you know, on a napkin and somebody will publish it. There's never a sense of real stability. So I right. like to be presumptuous and say writing is what I've always wanted to do, and now I get to do it because you know you never know what happens tomorrow. You know, I want right. to be able to write the rest of my life, and you know, ideally, I'd love to both write and uh, and run Polis, but I sort of you know want to look look a gift horse in the mouth because um, you never know what's going to happen. But I love writing. I want to keep doing it. I hope I have the opportunity to do that. Um, and it just you know, I I think I was born to work with words, both on both sides of the desk. I think you were too. I mean, um, you've had great successes with both Polis and your imprint Agora. So, um, and we've talked about that in the past. We're not going to talk about now because I want to focus on Jason, the writer. Um, it, I did not know that you had written for so many publications like the new Republic entrepreneur, Esquire spy, the daily beat medium and the Huff, Huffington post. You've been featured in library journal, publishers, weekly media, bistro mysteries and more. As a matter of fact, I know you've been named one of the, the best essayists ever, you know, you've been called out in. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> well, inaugural that's star it. watch honoree. You were recognized yeah, yeah, as a publishing professional. Rather than writing, but. Yeah, but still, that you were in all of these very well-known publications. You've had yeah. essays in the New York Times, in Los Angeles Times, CNN, The Atlantic, I, Boston Globe. I've not had essays in there. I've, I've written things that have gotten covered in some of those places. Ah. I, think, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to give people the wrong intention. I have not written the New York Times or the Los Angeles Times, but I've written things that have been covered in those places. Well, but you know something? That's saying something. That means your yeah, writing no, is good. I think, I think when you the, write something that is interesting enough that it gets covered in major outlets, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So March 1st, you're releasing a new character at, in a book called Hideaway. Um, this is Rachel Marin, a thriller. It's now available on Amazon as an Amazon first read. But tell us about this lady because she's very unique to the characters you've written in the past? Yeah, so, um, you know, I've written one series before, the Henry Parker novels. And right. um, I think I started writing that character when I was in my early to mid-20s. Uh, and the character in The Mark, which was my first book, is about the same age I was. Uh, he's a, uh, I think he was 24 in the first book, and that's probably around the same age as was when I started writing it. He's a reporter, and I, you know, love journalism. Um, and there are a lot of similarities in between Henry and myself. But for this new series, I, I wanted to write a female character. Just to me, I felt like writing a female character was far more interesting at this point in time. Um, 
I also wanted to write a character that was both strong and intelligent and capable, but also very vulnerable. And it was very important to me that she had people that depended on her. Because I think a lot of times characters in crime fiction, you know, can be kind of loners. They can be isolated. Um, sure. You know, they go out to solve a crime and they get in trouble. Something bad happens to them. No one really cares. But Rachel Maddow right. is a mother. She has two young children, and even if she wants to go out and then you know beat Batman at night, she's got to come home and, and make dinner. Um, so how does somebody who is very strong and capable balance having a normal family life with that? I thought that'd be a really interesting dynamic to tackle. Um, and I you know I started the book very soon after our first daughter was born, so it's really yeah. this is the kind of book I, I don't I would not have been able to write before having kids. Um, and it's very important to try to capture some of the emotions of parenting and this sense of, you know, wanting to both protect your children, but also having a life outside of that. And how do you balance that? And I thought that would, that was really the character I wanted to write. Well, I want to just read what Booklist said about your book. It gave it a star review. It said, Pinter does a masterful job of wrapping up suspense about the Marin family's past and the current case. Spinning an absolutely riveting plot with a cast of full-bodied, fallible characters in what seems like the start of a promising series. Fans of both domestic thrillers, excuse me, and police procedurals should get in on the start. So obviously, you know, you've you've gotten starred reviews from library. These are people that don't give out starred reviews very easily. Um, P.W. Kirkus, and of course, the lovely David Baldacci um, said, you were in fine form. You'll burn through the pages. I love that. And um, and you've gotten just lovely, lovely um, uh, editorial blurbs from Lee Child from Liv Constantine from Tess Garrison, some of the best in the business. How do you feel when your colleagues say things like that to you? I mean, it's sort of unreal. If you, if you told, you know, the 20 year old Jason who read David Baldacci and read Lee Child right. and read folks like this, that one day they'd be endorsing your book. It, it's pretty shocking. To <laughs> you know, every time, you know, Every time somebody says something nice, whether it's an author that I look up to or a critical journal that, you know, I know has clout in the industry, uh, you know, I'll tell you, like, I remember seeing when the Library Journal Review came in, because I know they're they're a pretty prestigious outlet and, you know, libraries, God, I love libraries. Um, But when I saw this review, I literally, like, jumped up in the air and pumped my fist. Um, I bet you, you know, did. It's, 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 it's sort of unreal. I look at the, the praise this book has gotten and just it feels like, you know, I think writing this book, I'd never written a female main character before. I, you know, didn't know if this book was working when I was writing it. Uh, so I remember thinking when I got that sort of review, like, you know, I, I maybe I did this well. Maybe I did this right. I think so. Um, who was your first reader? My first reader uh, was this book. I think it was uh, my agent, actually. Um, my, my We, we had uh, – just had a baby, so I, unfortunately, my wife usually is. But I think I don't think I get to burden her with both, you know, raising, raising, right. her, helping raise our children, and giving her a book to read and edit. Um, so uh, I signed with uh, Amy Tannenbaum at the Jane Rod Rosen Agency for this book, and she's been absolutely wonderful. I signed with her in large part because she had some great editorial feedback on this book, uh, and she, yeah, I would say for this book, she actually was. Um, so and, That's and she's fantastic. been fantastic for. Yeah. So, you know, usually you're the guy at the conferences who are who's um, introducing your authors to other people as well as networking and so on. So how does it feel for you to put on your writer's hat and go on tour for your own book? 
I, I will let you know in about a month. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I've I've done it in the past when like when the Henry Parker series came out. Uh, I was an editor right. at a different house at that point, and it's, you know, it's it's weird and it's awkward, and I think I put more pressure on myself than anybody else does. Um, but I always tell my authors that when I'm an editor, when I'm their publisher, that's what I am. When I'm at a conference right. to promote Polis books or Agora, that's what I'm doing. I don't use my platform as an editor to promote myself. I would never publish my books through my own company. Um, right. I try to keep writing and publishing as separate as even though they're even though it's the same industry and it's not always possible. I try to keep them separate as possible so as not to make people think that I'm using my company to benefit my career or using the company's resources for my own benefit. Um, right. So when I'm at a conference like VoucherCon this past year, I'm there both to promote my authors and support them and talk up the company and talk up our author's books. But at the same time, hey, I have a new book coming out, and I want to talk that up, and I want people to read it. So it can be a strange balancing act, and I, I hope I'm doing it well. <laughs> well, I think you are. The, and the fact is, I, I think it was in, something you just said was very important, that you don't use your own company to publish your own books. I'm sure a lot of people – wonder about that not in a bad way i mean i i don't think that there's anything wrong with that but um I, you know stepping a, wearing the two hats is important for you to keep them separate when you're at a big conference like voucher or thriller left coast or wherever it is you know yes you can kind of wear both hats but you know that you publish separately from your company is a good thing. You start off in Hoboken at um, Little City Books for your tour on March 4th, mm -hmm. but then you go to New York, you go to Scottsdale, you go to Dallas, you go to San Diego, you go to Austin, Houston, and then end up in Seattle. Um, you're doing kind of an odd tour going <laughs> across the country like that, and yet your friend Pam Stack lives in Florida, and there are no Florida dates. I don't understand that. <laughs> well, you know the uh, I, I I will make up for that with the next book. Uh, it was it was okay. nothing personal. I'll tell you that. Uh, this <laughs> I know it's worked not out. It, you know, this worked out yeah. in large part because I was I was planning to go to San Diego for Left Coast Crime. Uh, I'd only been to Left Coast once before, and it was I think ten years ago. Um, so I was already going out to the far west coast, uh, and so sort of doing a west midwest tour just made more sense geographically. This it time. sure does. And, and you know we have the truth. We have I have a two and a half year old and a fifteen month old at home, and taking time off to tour uh, is it's hard. Um, of course so, it is. So we're sort of carving out this amount of time for the tour worked out. I think if I'd done more, I honestly would have felt like I'd be sort of letting my family down a little bit and putting a little too much pressure sure. on my wife, who also works full time. Um, so right. you know, for the next book, I certainly want to hit other places. I'm not for this time, but I think just you know. Given that, just like Rachel Maron, I want to balance my work and my my private life. Uh, this is sort of the best I could do this time, and I think it's the mass max amount of time that I want to be away from my family. I don't blame you. Tell us the story of of Hideaway. Uh, so uh, it's about Rachel Maron, and she is a single mother of two living in a small town uh, outside of Chicago. Um, and we learned very early on that something terrible happened to Rachel and her family uh, about six or seven years ago, uh, and that forced her to relocate with her two children uh, to essentially assume new identities, start their lives over, and she's basically kept her head down. She works as a sort of put-upon legal secretary, 
but uh, one day there uh, they, there's a, a woman found at the base of the bridge in her town, uh, and it's the former mayor of the town who resi- resigned a few years ago in disgrace, and it's somebody that had uh, shown Rachel a kindness. Uh, Rachel is a brilliant, has a brilliant mind, and because of what happened to her, uh, sort of honed herself to be both sort of a protector and a uh, investigator to protect her family. She knows this woman wasn't uh, she didn't kill herself. She knows it was murder, and she can't help but get involved to try to find the killer. And she comes, you know, butts heads with the detectives investigating the case. And sort of the more she starts to insert herself in the investigation, the greater chance there is of sort of uh, un- letting people know this, the secret that that happened in her past. So. She has to sort of balance the investigation of this woman's death, but not want to imperil herself or her children. Um, I love the concept of it. So I'm always curious. I don't know, you know, where story ideas come from for writers, because for me, it's hard just to put together an email. And um, I'm always uh, very envious of anyone who can write a book even a short story. I'll be serious. You guys are my celebrities. Um, you know, you know that I'm. You know that I'm an avid reader. I, I read everything. Yes. And um, so this story was completely interesting to me, but maybe for not reasons that you knew. She is a very brave, ballsy woman, and, and I mean yes. that in the best possible way. So I love seeing strong female characters in books, especially those who are. Um, had a very bad experience with crime and they come out the other side and they're strong. So when you were, you know, kind of flipping through your, your mental notebook on story ideas, where did Rachel Marin's story pop up? Was she the character first? Was she the story first or what? It was definitely the character first. Um, I really wanted to write a, you know, I sort of had a, in my mind, almost like weirdly, be almost like Sherlock Holmes meets Sarah Connor from Terminator 2. Uh, oh. I wanted somebody who was brilliant but also strong. But also what I loved about the Sarah Connor in that movie is that she's broken in a lot of ways. And actually the, the original title for this book was The Broken Woman um, because it played dual parts in that Rachel Marin in a lot of ways is a broken woman, but also the body of this woman is found at the base of the bridge. Um, but there's a great Hemingway quote. Uh, I believe it's um, – the people who are broken come back stronger at the broken places. And I thought that just exemplified Rachel Marin to a T, somebody who had been broken but forged herself out of fire after that. And it's actually, I, I actually wanted to use that Hemingway quote in the book as the epigraph, but I think there the uh, estate wanted too much money. <laughs> um, oh, there you so, go. It was, yeah, it was, it was really <laughs> you can use it on this show. I want, I want zero money for it, so you exactly, can say it as often exactly. as I you love want. That quote. I would love that quote, but they, were, they wanted me to jump through hoops to use, and I was like, you know what, it's like I can love the quote without having to, you know, <laughs> then, then you, know, you know, kill myself for it. Um, so well, it was really the character. I, I wanted a character that was smart and strong, but also vulnerable and apparent. I think be, having being a new parent myself at that time, it just fascinated me to have to balance what Rachel could do and using her skills with having to care for two children. Um, I'm, I'm so glad because I, I'm, you know, I'm a crime survivor myself and I will tell you that you, you, your experiences are, are what make, um, are what lets you know if you're going to survive a crime, no matter how, how bad it is. 
And um, it is the emotional stuff that gets to you. And that's what I see in Rachel because her physical presence is very, very strong. So it's a, a very believable character. She feels very real to me. Um, yeah. you know, you. So, yeah, you're welcome. Um, uh, Jason, you're so busy writing and you're so busy reading for your work. Do you ever have a chance to read just for pleasure? I know that you are exceptionally involved with the raising of your children, and I honor you for that. You know, and I know your wife works also. Um, I know you're thrilled to have your family around you. But is there ever a time when you can just kick back and kind of close away the world and read? And do you take there that is time? Not, not nearly as much as I used to have. I would say I get maybe half an hour at night before I pass out. Um, uh, you know, because it's you know I we from the our, our youngest daughter wakes up at an ungodly hour. She was up this morning at four thirty a.m. and she is just like a banshee when she wakes up. Um, so from you know four thirty until I leave for work, I'm taking care of the kids. We're uh, our youngest. We're t- we're feeding them. We're getting our uh, young our oldest ready for preschool. We're clothing them, feeding them, uh, and then when I get home, you know we. Either we cook dinner, but then we have to feed them. We have to get them ready for the bed. Then once they're in bed, we have to clean up after them, prepare for the next day. And by the time all, you know, if I'm lucky, I get to work out once in a blue moon. Um, but then at the very end of that, like maybe just half an hour before we just pass out. Um, and then I try to read wow. the pleasure. So, you know, I we joke to ourselves, you know, what do we do before kids? And I'm like, well, I read. I worked out a lot more. I, you know, I would watch movies. Um <laughs> So you know, right now I'm reading uh, Liz Moore's uh, Bright Long uh, Long Bright River, which I'm I'm loving. It's absolutely fantastic, but you know it's a 500 plus page book, and even though I'm loving it, like half an hour a night, it's gonna take take me a while to finish. Um, take you so a while, it sure will. Even before kids, I used to buy books faster than I could read them, and now it's just my my to be read pile is just it's it's embarrassing how how big it is. <laughs> Oh, please. You know, you're talking to a book junkie. I, I understand that. Is your house covered in books? Do you have books everywhere? It absolutely everywhere? is. Yeah, it is. It actually, when, you know, when we had our kids, I had to, I let's just say I had to, had to figure out a solution there because we have two little kids who are very, uh, they like to explore, they like to climb on things, and I couldn't have uh, a bunch of bookshelves where books could potentially topple out of them. So uh, sure. I had to move a couple of the bookshelves and, you know, time to the, time to the wall. Um, but, yeah, we have, we have a lot of books in our house. <laughs> do your children like when you read to them? Yes, our our old our youngest is still a little too young to be read to. She's still a little um uh still not sit pop around. Doesn't really sit still enough. But uh, our oldest, who's about two and a half, uh, I think uh, thirty one months, uh, we read to her every night before she goes to bed. She loves it. She you know she has her favorite. She loves uh, Pete the Cat. She loves uh, there's a book called Ava and the Rainbow. <laughs> Uh, she, oh uh, she loves princess stories. We read her every night before bed. She gets a story. Ah, oh, how wonderful! What do you want to tell people who are in college and they want to get a literary agent right away? Uh, write <laughs> a good book first. Uh, do not do what I did, which is reach out to literary agents before you've written a book. Um, you know, to one nice thing now is that there's and I even say at the conferences, there's too much information out there to not know what you're doing. Um, you know, back right. when I was doing this, I think it was like 2000, 2000 2001, um, you know, uh, I don't even know Google existed back then. So finding out this stuff, I remember, I, I think I bought like, you know, the writer's marketplace, which is a gigantic phone book of literary agents. I, I right. don't know 
who I queried. I don't know how good they are. I, if like, you know, if crazy Eddie had offered to be my literary chef, I would have said yes. Uh, <laughs> so that's one nice thing that younger people can find out what they're doing right now. There are some great resources out there, but first and foremost, you have to write a good book uh, so that when the time does come to query literary agents, you have the goods. Um, I did not have the goods when I queried. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I think, you know, hopefully my idiocy can shine, you know, pave the way for other people who are, who are, who are as talented, if not more so. Well, there you go. Jason, tell everyone where they can find you on the web and where are you in social media, please? Yeah, so you can find out more about Hideaway, about me and my tour information at uh, Uh You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Jason Pinter. Um, I don't think I'm on any other social medias. I don't know TikTok or Snapchat or uh, Tumblr. <laughs> uh, if, if some teenager wants to explain it to me, uh, I'm all ears. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that's all it should be. You should not be on those sites anyway. They're for people yeah. way younger than us. Um, exactly. But, you know, and every, gentlemen... every now and then, all of a sudden, that'll, that'll be the new big thing. Like, you know, uh, Instagram right. now is their their bookstagrammers right. who are – I give them all the credit in the world. They find these amazingly creative ways to display books and make – you know, they make every book look like you want to take a vacation with it. So exactly. you never know. People on TikTok uh, – I'm not even quite sure what that is. Like, they find – the new, the next new thing, people find a way to showcase books in some new cool way, and it's up to us to sort of try to figure out how to harness that. Well, there you go. Uh, you're uh, you're a more courageous man than I am, I have to tell you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is my friend Jason Pinter. He is um, a, a best-selling author. His newest book is Hideaway. If you once you finish reading that, go read Castle and then go back to the Henry Parker series. You're going to love them all, Jason. Thank you so much for taking – this is precious time for you. Thank you for being with me. And That's please my, come, my pleasure. come back again. I won't see you at Left Coast. I probably will see you at BoucherCon. But uh, my best to your wife and children, and thank you thank again you so for much. your time. You're so welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. And that's my show for tonight, folks. Thanks for being with me, and thank you, Mom and Dad. I'll see you. <laughs>